Episode number two of We Are I. We're sitting down here with Marianne McGill, powerhouse mom of six. And the true nature of the We Are I podcast and the We Are I concept that's about perseverance and motivation and you know seeking out the challenging aspects of life. We're actually filming this podcast here in the dark. So the power went out here about a couple hours ago and you know it could have really set some people back. It, you know, could have got canceled, pushed off, and there could have been tons of excuses why not to do this today. But we pulled out some chairs, we pulled out a little camping lantern, and we're sitting here in the dark, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy this interview. So uh, again, this is Marianne McGill, uh, mother of six children, five girls, and one boy. So Marianne, why don't you tell us a little bit about your individual journey first before children you know, like what where did Marianne start what's Marianne all about talk to us about when you were a kid hmm, when I was a kid that's far back it's that's really jogging my years. memory yeah a couple years um let's see I was the only kid in my family that wasn't athletic really yeah my sister and brother were like so athletic soccer baseball and my parents put me in figure skating and ukulele Oh, the famous ukulele yeah. that we all play. Yeah, did I already tell you that? It's a little embarrassing, but it was so fun. Yeah. And I got lots of experiences out of it that I never would have had otherwise. Um, but I never would have thought of my... Like, fast forwarding, I would never have thought I'd be here. Yeah. At any... Like, not even a little bit. When did you start figure skating? Uh, I think I was five. Oh, wow. That's young. Yeah. Like the kind where they barely move their feet. Yeah, lots of bruises kind of on the bum, right? Yeah. Um, How many years did you do it for? Until I was 19. Oh, yeah. that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. 14 like, years figure skating? Yeah. We used to open for the Thunder Games. Do you remember the Langley Thunder? No. Yeah. I only moved out to Langley when I was 19, so oh, anything right. preceding that is uh, they, foreign to me. They were like the, um, what would they be, like the Rivermen kind of? Oh, okay, yeah. So they're kind of a big deal. And then where did they play? Um, at George Preston. Oh. You know, oh, up yeah. in Brookswood. Yeah. yeah. So I've seen so, their banners. They still have banners yeah. up at George Preston, yeah. right? <laughs> they were so cool. And um, where am I headed with this? I'm not really sure. Uh, just more talking about the, you know, not feeling athletic. You know, if you could look back, you know, when you were young, fast forwarding it now, you'd never think you'd be doing what you're doing now. But, you know, after 14 years of figure skating, like, it seems like you have a pretty high level of dedication to stick with something for 14 years. Well, and then that, and then 14 years of kids. Yep. So I seem to do things in 14 year, I guess, increments. 14-year cycles. Well, they say that we repeat all of our, really? our cycles, right? That's yeah. weird now that we're actually talking. Um, yeah, so then having six kids took a lot of time not away from me but yeah uh, kind of away from me so I tried to just run with the stroller and yeah. squeeze it in when I could and now that everybody's actually sleeping and I get a full night's sleep yeah now I feel like okay now I can get up and do my own thing and get to the gym and got it under control yeah now it's all under control now I have kind of my life back a bit so just kind of rewinding a little bit to when you're figure skating since you did it for so long and semi-competitively, did you ever find there to be a, a tough balance in your figure skating in school? Like, how did you manage 
you know, dedicating such a large chunk of your time to figure skating than school, friends, the whole bit? I think sports push you more in school. Yeah, they do. I found that same thing too. Right? You have more drive if you know you have a time crunch. Like you have to get to practice. You have to have your homework done before. Yeah. Then Everything's just a lot more scheduled. Like you don't yeah. have time to be able to procrastinate. So it's, you know, I got to get up. I got to get to school. I have my school day. You know, I have this maybe... I always used to have about 20 minutes after school before practice started, yeah. so that was typically just eating something or, you maybe. know, like casual talking, yeah. maybe, you know, getting ready, and then we'd have practice for a couple hours, and then you'd get home, and you'd want to shower, you'd want to eat supper, then you had homework to do, then you had to go to bed, because the next day everything started again. Yeah, totally. And now I'm like, it's happening with my kids, like Madison, we're usually eating in the car. Yeah. Like, we have a cooler in the back of of the truck yep. and all our blankets and our clothes. Like yep. you could live in there for a few days at least. That's like the parent mobile. I got the, um, it's our snack pack that we leave in our car. It always yeah. has like eight or 10 different kind of snacks to be able to tide through on the driving times. Yeah. And yeah. Hopefully something healthy. Yep. Like usually there's a bag of apples because they didn't, we just go through yep. them so fast, but it looks ridiculous when you open the trunk and apples fall out. <laughs> What's usually in your, in your cooler? Uh, we try and cut veggies and just throw a veggie bowl in there. Yep. And everybody likes different fruits and vegetables, so it's kind of like just a bowl of fruits and a bowl of vegetables. And then granola bars, because the Easy. little... Yeah, little people like yep. something sweet. And water bottles. Absolutely. And there's... I found tooth, toothbrushes in my car the other day. Random. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a... There's like the randomness of like one child, but when you have six kids, I can't even imagine how <laughs> random. Don't look it under is. the seats. <laughs> yeah, or in like the side part between like the yes. center console and the seat, it's like the scary <laughs> zone. Don't reach down there. It's so yeah. gross. Stick your hand in there, and it's all you're scared of. Start feeling around the furry and sticky things. You yeah. don't even want to know. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in our snack pack, we usually always plantain chips. My kids love plantain chips, and. Um, I love that they eat them as they have good fermentable fiber. Yeah. So really good for their healthy gut bacteria. So they don't really understand why I want them eating them and I'm not going to break it down to them. But as long as but they're they like eating them, them so it doesn't yeah, matter. I'm happy. Yeah. Um, always go to the dollar store and get those little packs of almonds, the all natural almonds, unflavored ones, just regular roasted almonds. Um, just because they're the pack size is good. Okay. For, you know, I'll eat about half the pack and then the yeah. girls will share it. Um, the notorious fishy crackers. Yeah. Can't go anywhere without Those fishy are crackers. Those terrible though when they get stepped on in the car. Stepped on or when your one year old takes the bag stuff. and dumps <laughs> it upside <laughs> down. Like my, my car is always littered with fishy crackers. Yeah. Um, you know these, you're a parent when. Yeah. Yeah. When you hop in, it's just like crunch from sitting on them. And these little, um, coconut cluster snacks. So okay. they're actually weirdly sweet for what's in them yeah lots of it like dates and honey and all that kind of good stuff but when you eat one it almost seems like 10 sour keys all in your mouth at one time i love coconut yeah i love coconut too there's a bridge between like the coconut's awesome and they're so sugary yeah but not not a lot of sugar like i said it's just it's a weird contrast that amplifies the sweetness the nice thing about that is even with the girls like two and they're out yeah you know they, again the actual sugar concentration is low but they oh. taste so sweet you don't want to eat a lot of them yeah so it's nice yeah yeah and uh we have those uh 
gummy snack packs. What? Which ones? There's so many. Yeah, they're um, they're made by Herbaland okay. and a company in Richmond. Great product. Little pricey, but the nice thing is uh, local product, which I like. And again, they they use pea protein. Pea protein is pretty high or very big in the market these days. Mm-hmm. So very clean source of protein. They're all vegan, vegetarian. Uh, the they're even halal for people you know who need to eat halal options, and lots of fiber, and they taste good. So the texture, I find their texture to be very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But when you get the ones that are made really fresh and they're gummy and they're soft, then you wouldn't really notice the difference between that and regular gummies. Yeah, okay. But the ones that seem like they might be a little bit older or slightly drier, and that's the way that I like them. But from a child's perspective, they're they just like, the they're like, no. Yeah. No, give, me a, little so- give me a little soft ones. Yeah. <laughs> Stop lying to me. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while, those uh, smart sweets. Sometimes I'll have a package of those in there. And uh, so yeah, very low in sugar, but you, that those are more like an actual candy. Okay. Yeah, those are- I need to go grocery shopping with you. Yeah. You can go to grocery teach me the ways. Day. Yeah. The only problem is with all this stuff, like I love it, but all these things are expensive. Yeah. I always find that to be the like- healthier, The healthier, the more expensive. And especially okay. with you with six kids, you know? Yeah, like, it adds oh, yeah. up pretty quick. Yeah, so yeah. I find that that would be the biggest thing for me that if to challenge anybody out there with a business plan is to be able to find, to be able to make these things cheaper. Yeah. And I understand that because the market is so small, you're not mass producing in the scale like what you're making jujubes. Yeah. But it needs to be done. Like but that's it, why I've, people buy jujubes because they're easy and cheap and yeah, right. But yeah. if they knew that those were healthier and tasted similar, well, but were also little, similar priced, then yeah, and you know, like one pack that. You know, my oldest, you know, being seven, like she can easily eat one. My youngest will share one. But still, like even with the discount that I get on them, I think they're two ninety nine a package. Yeah. So they're expensive. Yeah. But then I look at it that that from like a long term perspective, yeah. not only what's gonna save, you know, like us in the long run, but then what it just saves like our healthcare system and you know, like Dental everything bills. else. <laughs> Dental bills and you know, to me you have like this very small window when kids are young mm-hmm. to be able to teach them, you know, about like flavors and textures yeah. and, you know, expectations. And that's why I try to steer them down that road. Cause you know, to give most children like plantain chips who've had regular chips, they're going to yeah. be like, okay, what is like this? Like the whole, all about, you can't right? teach an old dog new tricks, right? Yeah. The earlier you start, the better. Yeah. You know, I'm the same way. Like I love chocolate cake. You try to make a healthy chocolate cake, cake like get out no. of here. Yeah. Like this is not even close it. to the what same. Is that? Yeah. Like it's dry. It falls apart. I'm like, I want this moist, spongy thing that <laughs> when I icing. slap ice cream on top that it soaks down through like a sponge. Like that's what I think we're going about, for right? chocolate cake after this. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm getting hungry here too bad. The place next door is closed for the power being out here. You get like food carted over here. So delivery. Um, so between when the end of your 14 year skating, so I take it as probably when school ended, when you graduated. Uh, yeah, I think I did it just for one or two more years. Yeah. yeah. So between that, when you stopped, so why did you stop? Let's cover that first. Because then I started going to post-secondary okay. and I just found, I wanted to focus more on that and yeah. plus I was 19, so I was yeah. legal drinking age. Yeah. So. And it's like skating, drinks, yeah. Yeah. skating, drinks. Uh, like, we did do honest. it for a while. The skating team would go out and then 
I was like, this is weird. I don't know. Then the early morning practices. Yeah, it's hard. Just like, we don't like these anymore. <laughs> These 5 a.m. practices are really sucky after yeah. night out. So what did you do when you got to post-secondary? What happened there, like, fitness-wise? Um, not much, actually, because it was just so busy. Yeah. And um, my first – I started early childhood education. Yep. And then it was in Surrey. There was a lot of driving, and then that course ended up being canceled halfway through. So then I had to choose a different um, career, and I chose um, unit clerk. So it's like kind of like a secretary in the hospital, um, and I got a job right away out of school. And then that was at St. Paul's and VGH, so downtown, and yeah. it was like a two-hour commute both ways. And I was single, so I was working like if they. If I was already down there for a 12-hour shift and they're like, you want to stay for another four or six? Yep. Like, yeah, why not? I'm already yep. here. So a lot of the time I'd work like 20 hours and then go home, have a couple hours of sleep and then come back. Yeah. So the whole time I was working there, I was, I might go for a run here and there. That seems like standard hospital procedure. I know a yeah. lot of doctors and nurses and, you know, healthcare providers in hospitals and I'm shocked how many people just Function sleep Function on no there sleep. Yeah, sleep Or room. sleep in their car. Yeah. You know, like I like. I didn't sleep I, like, in my car because St. Paul's, the area around yeah. there, seemed a little sketchy. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, there's a yeah. sleep room in yeah. the emerge there. And you know, like, and it's like, is that quality of life? You know, when you look at no. it, like what you're saying, it's like, you know, barely have any time to go for a run. You'll know, spend the majority of the time you're off or just driving to go find a yeah. bed to sleep in. Yeah. You know, or just sleeping at work and going back to work. And Nurses have hard jobs, doc- yeah. doctors too. But I have yeah. a friend that um, we went to many gingerbread houses in school yesterday and she came off a night shift and she only had three hours of sleep. I was like, why are you even here? Yeah. But like, I just say, trying to make her kids happy. And I say that same thing about here. It, it's shocking to me how many nurses, paramedics, you know, doctors, like they'll work like a 12-hour shift, get a few hours of sleep, have to start another 12-hour shift that was then essentially all night, come here at like 5, 5.30 in the morning, work out, go back home, get kids ready for school, take them to school, do all day stuff, pick their kids up from school. And, and be happy about a, it. Yeah, then have a couple-hour nap and then go back to work. Yeah. And I just don't understand. Any shift workers, like that's... Yeah. And they're dealing with people too, right? So you have to be on... And high stress situation. It's yeah. not like you're going to... Life or death. Yeah. Like yeah. lay on like a nice pillowy cloud of niceness, right? No, like, I don't think it would feel like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I find those those situations to be very inspiring for me. And again, that's just like what we were talking about before the podcast started. The whole concept behind WeRI is, you know... I look at all of those people and find inspiration when people yeah. look at me, you know, how do you go on this run or how do you do this? Those are the moments that I'm thinking about or, you know, like even like yourself getting up at, I assume, five o'clock in the morning or earlier to be able to make it down here, you know, having knowing you have to get six kids ready for school and get them out the door and activities and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, like that's that's life inspiration to be able to continue on and not just momentary inspiration where it's just this singular moment to get through this next hour where it's just when you look at it through like the day the week or the month and I've met so many people along the way that are like that do you ever go yeah. back now to you know when you're working in the hospital and be like how did I do that or leverage those moments when you did do them for motivation now well I didn't have any kids at the time so I didn't have to 
like if I woke up, I just had to be happy yeah. enough yeah. <laughs> to deal with people that were coming into the hospital, but I didn't have to be happy, like how you have to be happy with kids yep. and nice to them and positive. And yep. so, and then when I started, I started working at Langley after I had my first daughter and I did some night shifts and I was pregnant with Lola and I was like, that is, that can't happen anymore. I am not a yep. nice person. <laughs> I need sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like I come home from work and just fall asleep on the couch. After a few complaints from the HR department. Yeah. Like you got to get rid of her <laughs> hormones. No more night shifts for that pregnant lady. Yeah. It yep. was bad. And I would had no energy for Madison. So yeah. yeah, in a way, I guess I look back and think that's great. I don't know how I did that, but. When did you decide to call it quits? I imagine it wasn't too much after I went second. back to work after Lola and then I was pregnant with Ireland and I was like daycare is gonna be insane yeah so even with paying for two it was almost my full wage for a day yeah so it is shocking how it's like that we basically live or we go to work to be able to pay somebody else to take yeah. care of our children and that's what I had to struggle with I was like do I want to pay someone to raise my kids that I chose to have or and then the flip side of the guilt is not going to work, even though you're going to work for to be able to pay somebody else to take care of your right. children. Right. And some days I think maybe my kids would learn um, differently from me if I had a job and they yep. looked up to me for that, right? Like, yep. oh, you go to work, then you come home and you make dinner. Yep. I probably wouldn't still make dinner because I don't. But, <laughs> <laughs> but those are always the, the parenting guilt that we all live with, yeah. right? Where it's you like, find guilt I made anything. this wrong decision and if I would have done this better or, yeah. you know, all of those things because you could easily just look at it as, you know, your children growing up and looking at the value of having you there you yeah. know, versus not. Yeah. You know, and that's why I've always valued the job that I have because it gives me a lot of time during the day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, have like my oldest being in grade two now, but I realized as she was growing up, when, it never really hit me until her second year of preschool when, you know, the hours were longer and more frequent days. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't ever see this person anymore. Yeah. And then when she got to kindergarten, I'm like, I only really see you on the weekends. Yeah. Is and, she in sports yet? Uh, she's always, she's been in lots of stuff. She's been in gymnastics. She's been in karate, uh, like violin, just a, like a ton of things. So, you know, that's always taken away from that quality time as well. The after and school. Yeah. So yeah. it's like you're always here, there, and everywhere. before bed and at breakfast. Yeah. So yeah. with my next two, I'm like, even if you have to take a little bit of a hit professionally, you only get that little bit of time. Yeah. Like it, it, and it goes by so fast, like what we all know, right? Yeah, it's so, weird. People say don't blink and you think, oh, sure, that's not going to happen to me, but it actually happens. That's a pre-child thing, 100%. I think so. The yeah. two things that um, two different people told me, one father told me, he's like, you'll, if you've ever think that you felt love like from your mom or your wife or like, you know, anybody in your life, you will never know love until you have a girl. Yeah. And I was like, really? And then when I had my <laughs> first daughter, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, this is awesome. And then having three daughters are like best thing on the planet. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's like a father having girls is like amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't think anything thoroughly. can compare to that. Yeah. And then the standard, like what we all tell people before they have children, like value the time. It yeah. goes by so fast. 
and you have zero concept of that with your first child. No. And then all of a sudden you're like, this child has grown up so fast. And if you have another one, then it's the juggle between you those split two. Split your time in half. Yeah, and you're just like, okay, well, that didn't work out very well. Yeah. You know, so it's like that constant battle of trying to find more ways. So that's like for me now. Like I'll work when they're sleeping until the cows come home. You know, I'll work on you know weekends some to be able to make up for the difference. But I want to be able to daily spend that time Quality with them time. and just yeah. really grow with them and see them change. Yeah. Because once they get to kindergarten, like my concept always before was that, like I have this child and once they go to post secondary education, like that's going to be like where you break off. Yeah. But it's not. It's legitimately kindergarten. Yeah. You know, where they're just out in the world. And they start learning from other people besides you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you got to do this standard, get there 20 minutes early or else you'll never find anywhere to park. Okay. You know, so then they're off going on the playground and then they're at school all day. And then you said after And they have all their like, own friends. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. So it's like those, those things, like even if you want to try to spend that time with them, it's like you just letting them go out into the world and live their own life, right? Yeah. So. That's why I skipped preschool. Because I'm like, really? that's an extra couple yep. years that I get you yeah. to myself. How did you find that with them skipping preschool going into kindergarten? So far, they've all been fine. Yep. Ari might be a whole new ball of wax. <laughs> I don't know, because yep. he's a boy and he's a little How did they adjust with the, the time? Because when Maddie was young, was it still was it, it was full half day? day? It was half day. Yeah, and then Lola went to full day. Um, and everybody was fine. I think because they had so many siblings that... Things were going all day long, so it wasn't like yeah. it was quiet nap time anytime during the day. There was really no quiet nap time. So you yeah. either slept through the yelling and craziness or you didn't, you didn't. sleep. <laughs> yeah, and those are things too, right? Like when you yeah. have your first child, you're, you're just like, oh, okay, well, I can't you need to sleep you. between 10 and 1. <laughs> yeah. And then you need to have your little afternoon nap. Yeah. And, then also and we need to be child. in the house, yeah. in your own bed. Yeah. And no friends over. Yeah. And, yeah. like, don't even think about turning the vacuum on or you're dead meat. Yeah. When people come over, like, ring the doorbell, the phone rings. Yeah. It's, like, phone on silent all the time. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm like that now. Even, like, with my third, it's, like, you know, with her being one, I look at her. I'm like, it, it is unfortunate that you don't get all these perks of a first child. <laughs> but I'm like, it is just not even realistic. No. You know, like It's actually better for real world every, training, right? Yeah. Like, well, like, for everybody, right? kind of, they develop more of, like, an ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. You know, because like you know, like I only have three compared to your six, but it's like you're trying to get four people to completely shut their lives down, yeah. you know, to be able to accommodate like this single person or, you know, like two out of three or trying to get two to be quiet while you put one to three sleep or, you know, like, same. yeah, That's I heard same. that actually from somebody who has yeah. four. They're just like, yeah. once you go over three, you just might as well have an army. Yeah. That's what I think too. I actually think over two, two is hard. Well, one, I'm sure it would be hard, yeah. too, because they want all of your attention. And then, two, they still want your attention. And if there's a problem between the two of them, yeah. then that's, like, the end of the world, right? Yeah. But when there's more than two, there's always somebody else yeah. to hang out with. Two. And they're not monopolizing all your time because they have each other. Yeah. And then so, also good for parents, too, right, where they can go yeah. off and play and do their own thing. Yeah. Because if you had one, they just want to play Barbie's. With you, yeah, not with absolutely their brother. Absolutely. Um, so with all all these kids and like all the busyness, like we we're talking about with all of our our lives, when did you pick your fitness back up? Like you said, they used to run with the kids in the in the running stroller. Like was that with Maddie right from the beginning? Yeah, or? I bought a running stroller before I had her. I yeah. was like, that's what I'm gonna do because I see moms doing that all the time. It looks yeah. so fun, and then. Then um, you tied like seven strollers together after. <laughs> well, yeah. then I got a double stroller. Then yeah. I had to take a break. I think um, 
there was a part where I had a lot really fast in a row. So then I had to either have someone at home watching one of them. Yeah. Because all three or four of them were little and I couldn't push four in the stroller. That would be crazy. Pushing two is crazy. It's just called building leg strength. Yeah. And, <laughs> and patience. And patience. <laughs> and someone's like, I need fishy crackers. And then you're like, I have to stop again. I just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, right. I it's used to load up the side pockets. Yeah. You know, it's like those little meshy pockets, and when they're small, they have a tough time getting it out. Yeah. So it's just a, it takes a, a long time. Yeah, it's just like yeah. gives you a project. Yeah. Then rewards you for being successful. But also, no sidewalks are big enough for any bigger than a double stroller. That is like, true. think about pushing a quadruple stroller. That'd be that'd be intense. It'd be yeah. so long and so wide. <laughs> you couldn't see the first person. Yeah. Turning Can't corners press the would button be like <laughs> the thing to try to get across the street. You have to cheap train the kids to push the buttons. I actually seen this woman. When she had to. It was like a a double double stroller so yeah. it's too wide too long uh in the mall yeah you know like shopping but they don't make a lot of running strollers like that no but right? it was just the i could see the inconvenience of it yeah you know where i don't even know doorways like, yeah or like if you were going down a hill with that much yeah. weight like even if you were a, a bigger man it would be tough to be able to control that stroller wanting to go downhill right yeah. So, yeah we actually walked to school one time this is so off topic but we actually walked to school one time and we live up the Murrayville Hill, yeah. or we live down the Murrayville Hill, and they go to school at the top. And coming down, it had snowed, and it was icy <laughs> underneath, yeah. and I couldn't stop the stroller, and I put the brakes on, and the brakes wouldn't stop Just the stroller, going. and there was three kids in the stroller, and I had one on my shoulders, <laughs> and the other two were walking beside me, and I had them trying to stop the stroller, and it yeah. was just... We were just sliding. Just sliding. Yeah. Just I was going. Like, well, hopefully the cars can stop because I can't do anything about yeah. this right now. And then you're they like, I got this child on my shoulder. Yeah. So, I'm yeah. like, if I go down, this is really going to hurt you. Yeah. <sighs> oh, I've been in so, I remember being on the back trails once in the single bob running stroller and I turned and went when I was going down and it was in the wintertime and because the sidewalks didn't have snow on them, yeah. didn't even think about the trail having snow on it and <laughs> with all the people it was packed down. So I'm yeah. just running along, turning the corner and I'm just skiing down yeah. so front tire up off the ground. It's like, they were, I'm like, I'm all glad it's only like 20 feet over. It's going to be like by the time we get to the bottom, got to the bottom is like seamless. Like we planned it. Almost like you wanted that moment where you filmed oh, it. You're like, gloves. that would have been sweet. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> So then it was the running stroller. Did you do any other fitness of any kind? Uh, just, I joined a uh, gym in Langley and yeah. I'd go with the kids, but the problem was the daycare, right? Yeah. Daycare is kind of an issue when you're at a gym because it's younger people working there and they yeah. don't understand like that kid just sucked on that toy and there's <laughs> drool all over it and snot and it's all gross. And yeah. then it just goes back in the bin and the next kid sucks on it and then everyone's infected building. Yeah. yeah so yeah you could look at it two ways like we're really building up your yeah. immune system or we're gonna have a month where we can't go to the gym because you're super sick yeah. so um yeah how did you find was, the like what would drive i'm sure with even two three four five six like it was just it was tough to even want to put on the the shoes whether you're running or going to the gym or not like what what pulled you no because that was like your break Oh, passing the kids out. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. And even in the stroller. Yeah. Right? Because even if they're talking to you, you're like, oh, here's a coloring book or look yeah. at the airplane. Yeah. So. But a lot of people, though, it, it's tough. Is simple as it seems or as much of a break as what it seems. Like, it's tough for people to bridge that, that gap sometimes. Like, yeah. do you feel it's just so, such a part of who you are that it was just, it just, 
is so natural to you to want to put on the running shoes or to want to go to the gym because you look at it like being a break? You know, because most people could look at hiring a babysitter so they could just kick their feet up and watch TV or, or play on Facebook, but your mind seems like it goes towards fitness. Yeah, well, you know the feeling of after working out. You just feel so good. Yep. So it's a break, and then also you're more energized and just feel better and... It's such an oxymoron, though, it right? Is. Like, you think, I'm it gonna seems go like it's going to make you more tired, yeah. but it actually pumps you up more. And then you have more to give to your kids, and you're happy. Like, yeah. I'm so good for your brain, too, not just physical. Yeah. Or that is kind of physical, but... I find for me, and I have to work out quite hard now to be able to achieve it, but I have actually found a little bit of a hack. If I work out hard... But if I sit in the sun and it's really hot, so like the rest of my battle mentally is just enduring every second that you're in that heat, very little bothers me. Yeah. It's just, I think there needs to be some kind of... You go to like, your happy place. Yeah, association where like like parenting and like the stress management that working out gives you. Yeah. Like it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, the little things don't even bother you. Yeah. You can't be faced. And it was, like, growing up, and I know this more now because I'm around more, like, athletes and, like, you know, fighters and stuff, too, that when I was young, like, all young guys, just like, oh, I want to learn how to fight so I can, you know, like, mess everybody up, this, that, and the next thing. But then all those guys who knew how to fight never fought. Yeah. You know, and I never really understood it, but it's just, it's only now, like, kind of recently understanding, it's like, well, they get all of it out like you know whether it's like jujitsu or kickboxing or you know even like when I played football you just you get a lot of like anything that's pent up inside you totally comes out and you're just you're done with it so yeah. um you know I feel like parenting is obviously the ultimate sporting arena that's true and it's like any way that you can be able to you never to, know what's going to come at you yeah you know and any tool that you have and I, I find that when people always ask me why I work out so early and the same thing with you is that it just sets the tone for the rest of the, the day, whole day right? the whole week yeah yeah I just find it funny that you said at the beginning that you're not you never really perceived yourself to be athletic or you weren't really a sporting type and you know you're the sibling who wasn't but yet you have like this gravitational pull towards fitness and the value of fitness yeah I don't know I think that I put that in my own head maybe mm -hmm. my like my parents never said you're not athletic so you should play the ukulele yeah but I think just because I thought I wasn't as good as my brother and sister yeah and it came more naturally to them I think where like if I was handed a baseball bat yep. I would for sure miss right now well see and I, I feel like that's like with my girls It'll never be what they play. It's just doing something. Yeah. And when we were young, it was really just top five. You know, like baseball, soccer, basketball. There wasn't yeah. like, you didn't really so deviate outside of that. Yeah. You know, but now there's like frisbee golf, you know, like there's yeah. just, there's so many other options that they can go and get that same value from, right? At Madison's final game, we watched a pretty intense frisbee golf really? tournament. I didn't even know that was a thing. Well, they have they're like, serious. They have yeah. special outfits and and there's I think I'm probably fun. totally wrong, but I think there's like a, an extreme froth league where <laughs> it's almost like full contact or like it it's and it might not be even like golf anymore, but I think they play with the frisbee, but it might be almost more like football or rugby. 
I just like I always try to like stay connected with all these new fun things going on. And it's quite it's been around for quite a long time. Yeah. And it seems super intense. Yeah. yeah. Like they had a padding and but it was girls and guys, so I imagine it wouldn't be So Mazin plays Frisbee golf? No, she doesn't play. Oh. We don't want to spread that. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, plays soccer. Soccer. Yeah. I so didn't we were... know she played Frisbee golf on top On the of side. Soccer, but... No. No, she doesn't have enough time to play more than her sport right hustle. now. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe. She hasn't tried, so yeah. no sense. And then you like, open up her closet door and there's all these frolf athletes on there. Frisbees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, so then when you started going to the gym with all the kids, taking them to, to daycare, when was that? Like how many, how many children was that in when you transferred from the running stroller more to getting inside of the gym? Um, well, I'd still run outside. Because okay. especially when they ended up getting sick from the daycare, then yeah. then I was just running. Um, but I think I stopped after I had Ari going to the okay. gym because we went through a really uh, long period of sickness when Stella was a baby there, and oh, okay. I was like, I don't want to do that again. That was awful because yeah. then you're like stuck in your house and you can't do you can't do anything. Yeah. even grocery shopping is tough. Yeah, except now you could grocery shop because of the online grocery shopping which is amazing yeah. and why did they start that after i had all my kids yeah like trying to transfer or why them? not start the ones where the drones will be delivering stuff i think that's mm-hmm. kind of the next step yeah like reasons, whoever wants right? to deliver it to my house i don't care that's awesome yeah just get it there yeah don't have to go like if you've been to costco lately and you really think like that model has been around for a long time because grocery stores used to deliver yeah. food and there's always been services like Meals on Wheels. Yeah, yeah. Milkman. Like, it's always been there. It's funny. That's like our life, especially in the westernized world, where we tried to change everything. But now we're just going back to how it was before. Like, delivering Simplify. groceries, eating local, you know, like, organically grown food. You know, like, all this kind of yeah. stuff. We went through this probably 50, 60 years of trying to change it all. And now we're back to where we started. Yeah. Well, you walk into a grocery store, you end up with all these things that you don't really need. Yeah. Right? You go online. You that know, is true. You meal plan. And you won't be shopping when you're hungry most of the time. Right. So if you're at home, it's convenient. Or you could be shopping when you're hungry, but you have to eat whatever's in your house. So Yeah. I actually was talking to somebody the other day about how there's so many things we can identify with now. You know, even electric cars, because they made their first appearance like... 40 years ago or so, and then they got taken off the market. But where would all of these systems be if we just continually made them better instead of trying to eliminate them and then bring them back? Yeah. You know, like food service, food delivery. Like, would it already be delivered by drones like 10 years ago? Because they would have never stopped delivering it to your house. Like, what would that service be? Or would there be like micro grocery stores kind of like in every neighborhood where like, you know, like, what would it be? Because we went so far off the other way of forcing everybody to go somewhere, yeah. you know, to be able to probably buy more stuff and, you know, do all these things. But, like, where would all of these things be? Because Amazon, was it last week, I think, opened up their first uh, employee list store at which airport? Can't remember now. But, yeah, so oh. now we're even going to stores that have no employees, which we've all seen the start so you of that. just do a self-checkout and you... Yeah, self-checkout. And I think with the Amazon model, you might even go on your Amazon account. I think you can buy stuff with your Amazon app on your phone and then you just take it from the store. That's crazy. Yeah. 
But you know, you see that with like self-checkout, right? Yeah. You know, self-checkout's been around for quite a long time now. And I know for me, I always go to the self-checkout line. Self-checkout makes me kind of feel like a jerk because I'm like, I don't want to deal with any of the tellers. But that's not really what it is. It's just because I don't want to stand in the line and wait behind everybody else. And as that person's looking at you thinking like you're taking my job right now. Yeah, I know. The guilt of it. Or like, it looks like you have no personality because you don't want to talk to... I do it because my kids have like a system and I like, I always try to involve them as much as I can, but I like how they all value their little participation in that. And if you went up to the person just at the line, I remember when I was young with my sister, you always used to reach up real high and stick stuff on the belt and it goes down, you're all proud of yourself. And my yeah. girls will do that too. But when we go to the self-checkout, there'll be one of them who takes the stuff out of the basket Yeah. You know, hands it to the other one you know, who scans it and then puts it in the bag. More of an assembly line. Yeah, and it's just, it's fun watching them all work together like that. Yeah. You know, so, but I do see, like, the writing on the wall. Like, I would have a tough time if I was one of those checkout people thinking, like, this is my job slowly going away. Yeah. And, like, where do those jobs go? You know, at the end of the day, when we don't have employees in the store at all, or they're just maybe stocking the shelves because you think the... Are we ever all going to be there, though? Well, it's just kind of the way a lot of things are going, right? Yeah. You know, driverless cars, employeeless stores. Would you get in a driverless car? Um, I would because I've been in quite a few cars with autopilot. So a lot of people I know have the Teslas with autopilot. Okay. And But they're it's still different. in the driver's seat. Still in the driver's seat, but, you know, you move the seat back and, you know, like... Do you they just... have a brake and a yeah. gas? Okay. Yeah, they do. But you see where it's going when you're going on the highway and it's you're going like 110, 120 kilometers an hour on the highway and you're sitting like this talking to somebody. Yeah, just chilling. Yeah. And meanwhile, like the scenery is going by and you get it and you really want to look at the road. So if you get a ticket, (laughs) like whose fault is that really? That is interesting. Right? Because I don't know if the autopilot defaults to what it knows as the speed limit. Yeah. Or if you set it as like cruise control. Yeah. Okay. I think it is. Yeah. To be honest. So. And from what I understand, as advanced as that technology is, they haven't released like the fully um, integrated versions yet um, because they need to allow the laws to be able to catch up and everything. So it is quite interesting. Weird. Yeah. So, but like that, those are all the. Things that even like gyms, yeah, you know, like in our environment where think of how many gyms are popping up, like uh, I think Snap Fitness and Anytime, Anytime Fitness, Fitness, like those places where yeah. there's typically not employees there and they're 24 hours. Yeah. So everything's going slowly towards having less employable people. It'd be so weird if you just walked in the gym and there's nobody there. Like, good morning. Yeah, I used to train at a gym in Langley. Oldest gym in Langley. Guy's been around for probably 40 years now and he just has a key fob system on the outside and like he'll come and go like as he pleases and people just kind of come and go and there's a lot of members that have been there for so long now they're almost like it's the security guards when yeah. they're there do i know you <laughs> yeah and the one thing that i found especially with his gym is the people who would go there because it's pretty old school the people who would go there they all have a certain like mind Mm-hmm. Like they would never take stuff. They would never break anything. Like they're just, it carries a certain, a certain type of person that would go there. Yeah. That would just naturally respect it. So right. I can't say it would always be like that in every situation. I'm sure people calculate those things into their business models, but um, it is interesting. That's where we're going. 
because it also I think perpetually makes people very lazy. And like what we were yeah. talking about when you know when you're young in school and sports and everything about you know when you wake up and you go to school and then you have your little bit of a break and then you got to go to practice and then you got to go home and do your homework and then you have to wake up the next day and do the same thing over again where you just wake up and there's no purpose yeah you, you know, like, really want to get up then yeah which we kind of have like a, a sample of that you know it's like when people are transitioning from one job to another where we have programs like ei or social assistance but you know we also know it's a very flawed system as well because when you give people an opportunity typically they'll just keep exploring that opportunity right yeah so like where where does that transfer into people getting self-motivated again and it's that's hard. where yeah and that's where like for you like i know people who have one child who can't even fathom getting up you know even when their child gets up maybe at seven or eight o'clock never mind like you at five to be able to come work out yeah but that person probably has a job during the day right i, th yeah. I always try to think like there's got to be a reason I think a lot of it is because we allow all of these outs to make things easier. Yeah. So people always kind of want to search for that, right? Yeah. You know, where there's a lot of a justification behind it, but I also know lots of people because I tell this story to numerous people all the time, and I actually now try to say it more because I think I really devalue a lot of people and how hard it is for them actually to be active. Because I was looking at it a while ago, you know, fitness is just a part of my life. Yeah. You, you know, don't so, think about it really anymore, probably, right? No, and I don't have to go out of my way to do it. Yeah. You know, so... It just happens. Yeah, like I go out of my way to lift weights, but I do that three days a week. Yeah. Which, for 45 minutes. So how, how much is that really going out of my way? Yeah. But I play squash four days a week for half an hour, and that's with a client, so... It's working yeah. because I'm not going out of my way to do it on top of going to work. Right. You know, teaching spin classes is a part of my job. It's also fitness. So I'm not going out of my way to do that. It's just a part of my work. Yeah. Or, you know, if we go run stairs or, you know, we do something physically active or, you know, climb mountains, it's always, it's just a part of my day, which that's, I guess, for myself, the part of happiness in life is doing something that I really like to do that incorporates the things that I enjoy right. and doing it professionally Because you also too. find it fun. So that's, the, yeah. it's not a chore for you to get yeah. out of the way, you know? But that's where I feel like I've really devalued everybody else in what they do. I'm like, you, you know, even like for yourself where you're, you're like, well, these people have to go to work during the day, but they also probably aren't getting six kids ready for school. Or trying to take six kids, you know, to like practices and games and, you know, managing everything that accompanies that, right? Yeah. You know, so you have to go out of your way to it. Now, if a part of your day, just naturally you had to go do something fitness related, you never had to think about making this special time about waking up at five o'clock in the morning to be able to get this class in before the kids get up and all those situations, right? Yeah. So that's where it's like the value in it, like really understanding your own personal value where like you would actually transfer that value to somebody else saying well yeah but I'm not going to work every day and they are you know but there's you're also doing a lot in your day too right I try some days some days yeah. some days it's just kick the feet up Netflix binge yeah Netflix and chill no, yeah. That, that's yeah. not the thing. <laughs> oh, yeah that whole Netflix and chill thing just sideline me it's a whole another aspect with kids that I just I'm not looking forward to like when my girls get older. No. Because when all those There's kids no were Netflix. walking around the Netflix and chill shirts, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I do that every once in a while too. 
And it was like, <laughs> then all these like teenage kids, and one of them was random out of all the, all the, boys, the group. The but, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, where did you even buy the Netflix and chill shirt from? And they all started to giggle, and I'm like, no idea Can why. Can you get me one? Yeah. Like, and I'm like, do they, do like online or something. So I'm like, and who even came up with like this Netflix and chill? I'm like, are they, does Netflix sell them? Yeah. And obviously, you can imagine how that conversation went with these kids. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I had no idea what Netflix I didn't either. Means. I just, I legitimately thought it meant relaxing and watching TV. Yeah. So I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, if you're out of touch, just like what I was, <laughs> what Netflix and chill means, if you ever hear your children say, <laughs> do you want to come over Netflix and chill? Or you hear their peers talking about it, you can pretty much guarantee that your child is sexually active. You're never allowed at that house again. <laughs> yeah. So you can Google Netflix and chill after hearing that and kind of get a little bit of an education on it. But yes, be careful. Search the kids' drawers. Look under the mattresses. Find it because something's going on in that house that you're not aware of. So, um, but yeah, kids again, just crazy business, eh? Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. So now that you're back into fitness, you're doing all these things, What what's next? Like, do you have anything, any goals that you set now is there anything now that you're working on a regular basis and you got a good routine down have you thought of anything else you want to do or are you just kind of winging it right now um next i'm hoping to um finish my test for yeah. fitness instructor so i was oh i, I probably let, let's talk about that so um through the course of getting back into your fitness you realized that you wanted to go do the schooling to be able to get your your weight room instruction fitness theory and your personal yeah. training right yeah and i really want to teach spin it looked i don't know it's just so fun yeah and then so, so how did you get there first i i just wanted because yeah i see like all these stages in your life that i feel like that because you said that you never feel like you're athletic you just you're so into athletics. it is a we i don't i don't know now that you're saying it, I'm like, that is so strange. Feels like, but, it just seems like a big part of your life always has gone down that road, but yeah. you just never seen it. Yeah, I just never noticed. Yeah. It's weird. Um, what am I saying? Uh, Talking about how the bridge between, um, you know, getting back in your fitness, being so passionate about fitness now, and now wanting to be able to pursue that. Now. Oh, right. I just, it's so fun. And all the people here are so fun. Yeah. And it just like made me realize, yeah, you actually do want to do that. And then because Ari's going to school in September, yep. I kind of like woke up one day and was like, whoa, I got to sign up for this class because I'm going to have nothing to do next year. Yep. A little so, bit of emptiness. Yeah. There. I yeah. freaked out and just signed up for the course. And then through that, then I had to take the first aid for it. Yep. And then taking the first aid, I was like, oh, this is so interesting. So... Then I started thinking I want to be a paramedic. So now I kind of want to do a combination of both. Yep. But I haven't actually looked into paramedic. So if yet. you want to, if you have any inkling to want to become a paramedic, you need to do it now. Or I think as long as you sign up for the course, because in January or maybe February, it goes from a six month program to a two year program. And that's crazy. It makes sense, yeah. though. Oh, 100%. Everybody that I know that's gone to school to be a paramedic, 100% says it needs to be way longer than six months. Yeah. Because they're the just first like, person on the scene. You're dealing with whatever is thrown at you. That, and they just said there's there's so much intense learning. education to learn, so much stuff to soak in. It makes it really hard. 
Yeah. Um, so I don't, a lot of people say they don't know if it needs to be two years, yeah. but it definitely needs to be more than six months. So yeah. you're, you're in an interesting time right now, whether or not that you want to spend two years doing it or six months. So it might force your hand a little bit to. I know six months would be nice just to get it done so yeah. fast. What kind of learner are you? you like? Do you are you the I just got to get it in, flood it all to me, and I'll figure it out, or do you like to process things? Slowly? I do like the pressure. I feel like I learn better under pressure. Yeah. Maybe. Like Athletics, when you're dragging it right out, there. you know. Yep. Then I feel like sometimes you forget stuff too if you drag it out for a long time. That and too because they're just changing the program. I'm sure there'll be some because like it made such the... yeah such a dramatic change from six months to two years. I look at it that. It should have probably been in stages where they went six months, maybe two, then a, a year. year. Yeah. And make it two different semesters like that. Well, why wouldn't they test it out at a year and see if it's just already better at a year? Yeah. Before the jump. Like, well, that because I'm like you. I, if stuff's not continually stimulating, I get bored. Like, either I need to have a certain hunger behind it to want to pursue it. Yeah. So when you look at uh, things like a program being six months and going to two years, it seems like a lot of filler or yeah. a lot of like drawn out like how many times you're going to go over the same thing or you yeah. know or have two ways that you can take the course right because some people yeah. do need the extra time to like Challenge really it. yeah get it in right where other people can just hear it and it sticks and it seems like that they were doing a pretty good job of rolling out first responders so like paramedics and stuff right where yeah it doesn't seem like there's a massive shortage or people saying I would take this course if it was two years instead of six months. Yeah. So it's interesting that they would even decide to change that. I also heard from my paramedic friend that um, a lot of the time they ship you somewhere else. So he they said do. you have to make sure that's good, like yep. going to work with your family. So that's the part I need to kind of figure out. Yeah, one of my friends, she just finished doing the paramedic program, and that's what she's faced with now. She's going somewhere up into the interior and just said, I have these, this two weeks, yeah. cram me with shifts so that I can get my time in, and then she's coming back down here. Oh, I, just two weeks. Yeah, and I don't know a whole lot of the details behind it, to be honest, but it's more, um, I think it's a part of a process or... It's because that she needs that time, but doesn't necessarily need the job because she has a job yeah. that she can then, she has to put in those hours and then wait until a job comes up down here. So that's like your practicum part of the course, Yeah, right? something like that. Yeah. Okay. I think. Yeah. But I know she has no intention of moving. No. So, yeah. Like, I don't want to move to Fort St. John. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I hear there's some like new good fitness clubs up there. So yeah, I can't guarantee how long they're going to be around for, but I hear that there might be. And what's good in Fort St. John standards might not be good uh, right. down here standards too, right? So right. That's the thing about here too. What you were saying about the hunger. That's what I like about here because it's always yeah. different and always like you're never bored. See, and I find that to be the interesting part about a lot of. A lot of studios, a lot of private clubs or big box gyms where they have pre-done programs. Yeah. Like I know there's a few big box gyms where there's like a binder of programs, especially for spin. I think and you go through them and you kind of pick out the one that you want. Yeah. Like from an instructor standpoint, why wouldn't you give them the autonomy to be able to make their own class? Like I, a lot of fitness has to do with just enthusiasm. I know some people who are terrible instructors and personal trainers 
intellectually like they don't know a whole lot about the body yeah but they are amazing at like they get people pumped up absolutely yeah you know i'm like you don't know anything about the body but i'll follow you yeah. you know i'm like you're awesome like you said great what energy if i fall off the bike yeah <laughs> yeah or like you want me to deadlift 800 pounds i've never worked out before like are, are you sure oh but you sound great you're you're i'm all me? jacked up yeah so um but i find that to be like an interesting part about fitness but a lot of a lot of clubs will do the same thing you know like every Monday for a month, every Tuesday for a month. And, yeah. you know, I know some people find the value in that. Like, I don't. Like, no. I know for my programming personally, even if I do it the day before to try to be efficient, when the day of comes, I'll always change it. You know, for classes, like one-on-one training is a little bit different. But yeah. when it comes to classes, I'm a very, like, in that moment. Because I look at it when it comes to designing programs. If I give you a program say, hey, do this tomorrow, when tomorrow comes around, if today you're thinking I want something a little bit more cardio based, tomorrow you might be just exhausted and you want it to be like some slower, heavier lifting or, you know, something along those lines. Yeah. So I really try to feel people out. Yeah. You know, so I like the pressure of having to come up with something like on the spot, like instantly. Yeah. And like I, the night that me, Madison, and Michaela came, and yeah, and like, it's just like do do? right there, it's like your hardest class. Yeah, and it's I'm like okay, sure let's just do it. You accomplished that. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know, and it was fun. It went by fast, and I like it that not only did you guys have fun, but I love that challenge, and that's what makes it fun for me. Is that challenge so then I have more fun, so then my enthusiasm will transfer to you guys too, and it just kind of keeps on rolling out, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's people that do like the schedule or having a schedule some kind of schedule yeah right because it's you, less intimidating maybe but i can see that for sure they know what they're getting their, themselves yeah. into and do you think it has something to do with that's the old school bodybuilding mentality where like every monday when did chest and every tuesday yeah. when did back because we all live in that era still right yes and definitely it, and it's not like that anymore at all like when it comes to working out it's a mixed bag, you know, full body, you know, explosive postural work. It's not just that typical bodybuilding standard of what it used to be. Yeah, there's so many more options. Yeah. Do you feel like when you talk to people like average now, when you talk about losing weight or, you know, getting healthy again, they still think like, oh, I got to go to the gym or I have to go for a run? Um, okay, what do you mean? Sorry. I guess because I just deal with with a lot of an ingrained mentality in people when it's like if they feel like they need to get in shape yeah they're just like oh i have to go to the gym and work out if yeah. they're just like i need to lose some fat i need to go for a run yeah but there's just so many more options than that now right than just simply going and lifting some weights for chest or simply just throwing on the running shoes you know like we said it's like a, a spin class or you might know, go rowing or go to a Versa Climber class or anything along those lines, right? Yeah, I would say you're right. I think there a lot of them are still stuck in. Yeah. Do you feel like that that might be one of the, the barriers to people's success is they've, they're still in this narrow. very narrow-minded thinking yeah. of like how to be able to achieve their goals? Yeah. And a lot like people, you know, all the diets and stuff too. Yeah. And hand-in-hand, hand, all that. What do you right. do diet-wise? I don't diet. Or just, uh, I don't necessarily <laughs> maybe mean diet. I When I say diet, I always try to bring people back to just like how you eat. I hate the word diet. Yeah, I don't so like do I. the stigma behind it. Like diets are short term. A diet short-term. is always going to crash. Yeah. They're, every time. Yeah. 
And I heard something really great the other day when I was listening to a podcast that people also think that a diet is either something temporary or something they should be doing forever. Yeah. You know, but diets are temporary in nature that your diet, quote unquote, should just mimic what you're doing. So if you're lifting heavier weights or if you're not exercising at all or if you're recovering from an injury, if it's summertime versus wintertime, like all those things should slightly change your diet a little bit. You know, because from an evolutionary standpoint, it has always been like that. We've never had the accessibility to the constant food that we have now. Right. So our body's used to going through these cycles based on the seasons too, right? So yeah. all those things come into play as well. But uh, yeah, so Ian, like what do you what do you eat? Like what's your what's your mainstay? Like what what is your typical day look like? Uh, a typical there I feel like there's no typical day. But Greek salad is my thing. Greek salad's oh, your thing. Yeah, it's the best. All day long? I couldn't eat it for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried that once. Bowl. It's so good. Yeah, salad for breakfast. This this guy he was telling me is like, if you ever if you ever think you have felt refreshed in the morning eating something, it'll never be as close to if you eat like an abundant salad first thing in the morning when you wake up. Yeah. And I'm like, I just don't know if I can wrap I love vegetables, love salad, but I'm like in the morning. It's like a lunch dinner thing. Yeah, yeah, and then I did it. I'm like, that's amazing. I'm like, you do yeah. really feel refreshed. I think a lot Cold of us do is like crunchy. The, and yeah, and the water concentration, the vitamins and minerals yeah. in it. Like you just you feel. Well, and if you're gonna make a smoothie, yeah, you're gonna throw. I don't know. You're gonna get all the water and vegetables in there too, right? Yeah. But drinking a smoothie is different too because you're not actually chewing anything. Well, that and you know, like you you've already done the job of your stomach. You know, yeah. so people make these awesome, super nutritious smoothies. But a lot of that nutrients just goes to waste because your body can only process things so fast. Yeah. You know, so it's basically like, you know, your mitochondria just has absolutely no clue how to be able to process a lot of this this nutrient going into your body. And you don't know how to, you can only metabolize so much at one time for it just becomes overwhelming on your system. Yeah. The same thing with like eating too much fat or, you know, you know too much food, period, right? Yeah. So, what else is it besides Greek salad? Um, More Greek salad? Yeah, I really <laughs> like it a lot. Um, a lot of fruit. A lot of fruit? Yeah, I like fruit. And I always have to remember, like I have so many kids and yeah. they all like different things, that my so-called diet is never yeah. going to be really, like not ever going to be a diet because yeah. there's just so much. So do you... You're kind of a little bit more vegan then? Like meat, is it ever um, on the... Yeah, I... Well, I should say I really don't cook. So I can make a mean Greek salad, but I can't cook yeah. at all. Period. Don't come Haven't to my house expecting a meal. You have been to my house. You yeah. made the burgers at my house. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't cook. that responsibility. That's yeah. So, um, like, yeah, we'll have chicken sometimes, but I, I don't know. How do the kids fare that? Are they they into it? They like meat. Yeah. I just don't make it that often. Yeah. And I wouldn't say we're not vegan, so I need to be careful because I don't yeah. fill the void of where meat should be with something else. But yeah. um, no one's like wasting away or anything. So yeah. I've, you know, and it's, it's individual too. I, I find with kids that if they really need something else, like they'll seek it out. Right. And that's like my second daughter. She, Lola, she does yeah. not eat meat. She will not eat meat. Like, you could wrap it in chocolate and she'd still figure it out. Oh, she man. does not like yeah. it at all and hasn't ever. 
So My I figure, second's that exact same way. Maybe if it's the you, second child. Yeah, if you are like 15 feet away and you have like the tiniest piece of beef and some mashed Tears. potatoes <laughs> that are drenched in cheese like yeah. a shepherd's pie and you come walking towards her, yeah. she'd be like, no, no, yeah. don't even. <laughs> Do not I know you're coming at me with that <laughs> no. spoon. Yeah. Just put it in your own mouth yeah. and turn around and walk away because she's not, not having it. Not and if happening. you do get it in her mouth, she'll look at you and be like, you think you can sneak that shit on me? Yeah. And she'll spit it out. She'll be like, no. Yeah. She's like, you can Good pick try. that up off the floor now. Like your effort. Because you tried to sneak that in <laughs> yeah. my mouth. You can clean that up. Yeah. That's totally yeah. my second. Crazy. Yeah. And I, she's like, she's athletic and she plays soccer and she's healthy and... Yeah. I think too, a lot of, a lot of people now because... We want there to be a singular answer. Think there needs to be this box. Right. And just forgetting that, you know, healthy comes in, you know, like many different forms, right? So if, right. if you're getting your blood work done, you know, even sporadically and, you know, everything is fine, then what's the problem? Like, what do right. you really have to worry about from there, right? And every person's body is different. Like what my, yeah. what my body needs is going to be different than what her body needs as a girl yeah. kid, right? Absolutely. Or I'm sure boys and girls need different stuff. Yeah, and I actually found that that was the frustrating part to me. You know, this was a lot with my second child that when we were doing like the height and weight and averages and they're just like, well, you know, your daughter's underweight for, you know, her age and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, based on whose standards? Like yeah. realistically, whose standards? You're comparing her to another baby somewhere. Yeah. You know, and I'm but like... But who decided that that baby was the healthy baby, right? That and I'm like, we're both small. Like... Yeah. If you look, I'm like, I'm not a big guy. And I'm like, her mom's not a, her mom's super petite. Yeah. So would that not just be her norm? Right. You know, so like where, where does that even come into play? And I feel like when it comes to parenting stress and anxiety, those are the things that help perpetuate some of that stress and anxiety. Totally. You know, because then like now if I need you to feed don't it more, meet that standard, it yeah, and then if your child doesn't want to eat which which little child wants to eat, you're basically yeah. shoveling it in their mouth anyway. And then if you don't eat the foods that they suggest that you have to eat to be able to help gain this weight or be healthy, you know, like as you know, with six, it's not easy to feed kids anything. They no. don't want to eat it. They're not going to eat it. You no. can't force them to. So then you see that stress and that anxiety like starting to build in. You know, like for me, I want them to eat healthy. I will try to get them to eat healthy. I won't expose them to stuff that I don't want them to eat because I'll give them the options that I Control do want options, them to eat. But yeah, just because options. it's like if you don't if you don't try, like my big How thing is like know? I want to try. You know, because they need to develop that, and then myself, like you, it's the lean by example. Like you're not, you know, not giving them chicken, but you're saying they're eating KFC. Right. <laughs> you know, like for me. I'm eating the plantain chips and the almonds and the crocodile feet and the beef heart and stuff. Because I'm just like goldfish. <laughs> yeah, because it's like there's so much more outside of all those like little boxes and stuff, right? And that's yeah. the one thing that I want my kids to think about when it comes to if they're going to eat meat, it's nose to tail. Yeah. And if they're going to eat meat, like I'm taking them hunting. Like, because I grew yeah. up in Southern Alberta, like, we hunted. Our freezer was always full of meat that we hunted, and I feel like I valued it more. Is more nutritious, and I think some of my best memories are hunting with my dad. Yeah, you know, so my oldest, like and you know I've already started, yeah, walking her down that road, and you know, the one thing I like about now, about some of the things like Netflix, is having the exposure to some of the educational things to be able to help use them as tools for your children. So 
there's this guy, Steven Ranella, he has this show on Netflix called Meat Eater, and he actually took some of his female staff out hunting, so it wasn't just always like this guy's hunting show. Yeah. And showing that experience, so I got my oldest to watch it, and I'm like, see, I'm like, it's not me just wanting you to go, although she's super into it, but I'm like, see, here's other women doing it. Like, yeah. other women are interested in doing it. It'd be something to, to look up to, and it's not foreign. You know, because yeah. my sister always, you know, hunted and fished, and I know there's lots of women. And it depends do. where you live, too, right? Like, that's normal. Yeah. And in having Alberta. that little bit more of, like, connection and, and the personal side of it. And nutrition and, like, health standards, I think, are just such, like, you know, and... Well, in when, one day, like, Atkins is the big thing, and the next day, yeah. keto, and the next day... So it's hard to keep up with. Yeah. I got and into, fit into your lifestyle, right? Yeah, I got in a pretty heated discussion... This is more like an argument with the uh, public health nurse, you know, because when you go to places like this and our statistics are based on a pool that are the most unhealthy people in the world, like Canada in the United States has the most unhealthy people in the world. Yeah. And now we're comparing our children to the average of those people. Yeah. So what does that even mean? Right. So my child is averagely unhealthy. Convenient, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the part of the tough time I have with their statistics. I'm like, why don't you compare my children against the healthiest population on the planet? And then I'll have a little bit more credibility to your system. I'll be like, yeah. I want my child to fall somewhere. Okay, a little bit higher, a little bit lower, a little bit to the side. Yeah. That'll be happy with. But when you take like, you know, say in North America, like we're notorious for having like super unhealthy lifestyle, horrible eating habits. And saying that your child needs to be the average of the most unhealthy people. Yeah. That doesn't even mean anything to me. And I also don't want to put, like, I don't know, especially with girls, it's hard. Yeah. I don't know, because I'm not a guy, but girls struggle with weight, like, what's being shoved in their faces in magazines and yeah. TV, right? So I don't want to put everything on appearance and... Yeah. So I just want to make it, like, yeah, you have to eat to live and... Yeah. It's not such a big deal. Right. I always try to build that connection with my girls about where you just said feel. Like, I'm like, when you eat that, I'm like, do you notice that you go? So it's like, and what I have a hard time with with school is when my oldest, she gets rewarded with Kenny. Like, they raised the most money for the Terry Fox run and got rewarded with candy. Yeah. <laughs> like, how ironic is that? Yeah. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. We so have then, Kilometer Club, and they do the same thing. You run a, yeah. run a lap, and you get a stick. And then at yeah. the end, you have 10 sticks. You get 10 candies. Like, yeah. It kind of... Interesting, right? Yeah. So then when she gets, like, these big, massive sour keys that are, like, half the size of her arm. Yeah. And I'm like, when you eat that, I'm like, just try to remember how you feel later on. You know, yeah. whether or not you feel like you have, like, a little bit less patience with your sisters or, you know, whether or not that you just don't feel the same or, yeah. you know, like, how do you feel? Do you feel groggy when you wake up the next morning or like, do you feel like you didn't get a good sleep? Yeah. I try to build that connection with them. Yeah. Because really pay I, attention to it. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. the one thing I don't think anybody really does a thorough good job, even with adults, like explaining like that kind of connection with your food. Mm -hmm. Like how does it just authentically make you feel like, don't think about it as I have to like eat this to lose or, weight. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, like my BMI is too high. So, you know, like I need to change my diet it's more. If you just eat, because if you feel good by product of how you're eating, you're probably going to do more stuff as well. Right. Yeah. You know, so I I'm find, definitely not saying I don't eat candy because I do eat candy. Yeah. Like there's always candy in my oh, house. I just power eat chocolate covered those yellow package M&Ms yeah. the last like two nights. <laughs> like crazy. I'm like, I was, I, I sat there in the grocery store. I'm like, I need some chocolate because I'm a chocolate fiend. Love it. Yeah, me too. Um, 
And I'm sitting there looking at all the different bags of M&Ms because, you know, there's like 10 different sizes yeah. now. And so I'm doing the cost comparison between them. And I'm like, how much can I get for like the most value? So then naturally I got to the, <laughs> to the biggest bag, even though ironically. This definitely makes the most sense, the biggest yeah. bag. <laughs> well, because I went to the bulk food section and they, was, they were on sale for like $2 a pound or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. well, that's got to be cheaper, but it actually it's still wasn't. Not. No, the no. lady at the checkout told me that when yeah. I was buying candy to go to the movies. She yeah. was like, no, never shop in the bulk I love buying section. candy to go to the movies. <laughs> Cheat the system. Yeah. Yeah. So you then I'm like. a big bag. Yeah. So then I get the big bag of the M&M's. I'm sitting there and I'm eating. I grab like the biggest handful I can where they're just pouring out the fingers. I put in a bowl. I'm like, that's all I'm going to eat. So like three of those bowls later and there's still like half this bag left. I'm like, Blake, gotta shut it down. <laughs> So then the problem with the big bag is the next night comes around and it's still there. I know. That is the problem. And the Ziploc bag, part of the top was kind of open. It was like a mouth being like, Blake. Yeah. Come on, man. And you're like, well, you just got to go shut it anyways. You might as well just get up and have one. And yeah. <laughs> and like, so I don't have, go back. Yeah. Zero willpower yeah. when it comes to chocolate. Yeah. Like anything else. Like I don't care about candy, cake, ice cream, nothing. But when it comes to dark chocolate... And this is how I know that I'm getting old because it's dark chocolate and I'm not milk chocolate. I haven't switched over yet and you're younger than me. So yeah. you can't be getting that you old. You have some problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, dark chocolate is just like, I could eat it till the cows come home. Oh, that's the same with milk chocolate for me. Really? Yeah. Oh, it just, it's not the same. It is so much sweeter. I just like, feel like there's no taste to it. I want there to be taste. Like, I feel like milk chocolate's like, like skim milk. Like, you yes. know there's a trace of milk in there. But I like skim but milk over, like, really? homo milk, too. So. See, I like the fattiness of the milk. Yeah. If I'm I mean, going to drink it, I'm, like, 3% or homo milk. I also sure. don't like milk, so yeah, I'm not a good judge of that. Yeah, because like it's not Greek salad. the legs on the glass. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and always, you know, your kids always want to share your milk with you, and then you're like, ugh. You see Is there milk? anything your kids don't want to share with you? Because for me, my kids want to share everything. It's not just the milk. It's like, hey, give me that fork. Yeah, everything. Where's your much. toothbrush? Yeah. Tooth Are you done with that? Like, terrible. can I put your shoes on? Where's your socks? Or like you're going to the bathroom and they're sitting on your lap and you're like, why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why are we doing See, this? See, when you're a parent, I think that there's no point in even having a door on your bathroom. No. Or doors in your house, period. Because the second you shut that door, it's, it's all just like, whoa, whoa. That's a whoa. magnet. You got candy in there? A door and a phone. Yeah. Like, don't go in the bathroom with your phone because that's like double and magnet. <laughs> who doesn't go into the bathroom with their phone now? Yeah, now it's like this secret eye where you're like, I'm going to lock this door with my phone. And it's like, Mama, I'm looking at the door. I can see you sit His there. Fingers. You're not even going to the bathroom. It's like, yes, I am. Quiet time. Our bathroom door actually doesn't even have a lock. So we have to tell people, like, whenever we have parties or yep. people over, we're like, if you want to use a bathroom that locks, you have to use the upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just doesn't lock. It's probably because it's been forced open so many times. That's like my shut. bathroom door. It's like it shuts, but you just, you blow on it <laughs> yeah, and it just opens. Open. Yeah. It's like the, it's like a doggy door for kids. They yeah. just crawl across the floor, hit it with their head. <laughs> And then they just keep on crawling right into the bathroom. And then all of a sudden, this head's poking through the shower curtain. You're just like, all right. Uh, there's yeah. no modesty. No. Right? It's yeah. that whole bridge. Yeah. I think I was prepared for that when I was a teenager. I just used to walk around naked all the time. And my sister would be like, put some clothes on, Marianne. Yeah, like, I'm Friends prepared. are coming over. Yeah. That's just yeah. prepping for being a parent. <laughs> Prepping for being a parent. Yeah, where there's no more boundaries or barriers or yeah. anything. It's just like, this is just 
me, this is just life, then you just laugh about it when your kids become like 20. Totally. Hopefully. Yeah. Or when they're walking around naked and you're like, put some clothes on. Yeah. Oh, right. (laughs) Must be that second childhood thing too. It's like whenever my second comes home, whenever we walk through the door, like the second, it's like pajamas. Really? But there's this transition phase between like her clothes and her pajamas going on. And then there's this time where it's like my pajamas have been on for too long. Yeah. And starting to come off again. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like she goes through like all these like different stages where like she will get a drop of water on herself and it's just I can't wear the shirt anymore. Oh, that stage is fun. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. Like we were at the we're at the boys and girls club on Monday for the dinner. She was water and she's like, I'm just gonna take my dress off and I'm like, No. Like there's literally 150 <laughs> people here. Like, you can leave your dress yeah. on. I remember being places and my kids just getting naked. Yeah. So it's like, a child thing. Yeah. 100%. And I was like, if you are upset with this, you probably have never had children. Because that and it's like, that was just life. And it's still yes. life in many other countries besides just here, right? It's our little North American box that we have to, have yeah. to be in, right? And I also want to say, like, if you can get them to put your, their clothes back on, yeah. be my guest. But... Oh, like last week when I was picking the girls or Ava up from school and um, both my youngest ones, they didn't want to wear their jackets. So about being in the car, because I'm like, you don't need to wear your jacket in the car. It's warm in the car. We don't need to be in the car. And so puffy. Yeah. And I never wear, like I'm short 365 and I rarely have a jacket on either. So I'm a terrible example to wear a jacket. But as I'm sitting there and it's like, it's not cool, but when the breeze came up, it was a little cool and neither one of them were wearing jackets and I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. And then this other parent said to me, they're just like, shouldn't you have their jackets on? I know. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) First of all, let's not tell Blake how to parent. Yeah. Don't tell anybody else how to parent. There's the line we're going to draw right there. Second of all, if you can get them to put their jackets and keep them on, we'll wear those things. (laughs) But I'm like, I'm not fighting that battle. I have fought that battle thousands of times to get to the point where I'm like, I'm okay with you not wearing jackets. You know, when you're cold, hopefully you'll put your jacket on. Then you'll come to me and say, can I have a jacket? Yeah. Totally. But then we can start talking about all the reasons why it's beneficial to be cold and how it boosts your immune system. And there's not magic bacteria that flies around in the air that gets you sick in the time. No, you're not going to get sick from being cold. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and, oh, parents that do that. I almost went there with her. I'm just like, I was going to... Asked her if she knew the percentage of how much more white blood cells your body creates you when you have. get cold. But then I, I was don't like, have those facts. Yeah, Otherwise, like, I would pull them out every time yeah. someone tried that. Yeah, I'm like, Blake, just this is the one time. Just peel it back. I really It's like ever the letters that come up in school, right? Yeah. When they're like, make sure your child is dressed appropriately. And I, I want to send an email back saying, like, I know this is just directed at me. Can yeah. you just send an individual email? <laughs> I, the, the one that I feel like is the most ironic is the one at the start of the year. Can you please not pack juice boxes in your kid's lunchbox or candy? Please be respectful to the teachers so they're not all jacked up on sugar during class. But then the teacher gives Hands them candy, candy in class. Yeah. Like, what they mean to say is don't send extra candy because yeah. we will be supplying Don't spoil candy. it for us because this is how we manipulate them in yeah. class. So and I'm not saying that. if I was a teacher, I wouldn't because I might. But. Yeah. But it's just those little ironies, right? Yeah. So... That's funny, but um, I know that you got to wrap it up here and we'll wrap this up. I just want to thank you for coming in today and sitting down and sharing your story with us and your motivation. It was awesome. No problem. That was fun. Okay. Thank Not you. even as nerve wracking as I thought. See, you get more comfortable as it goes through, right? The second one will be a breeze. Till you hear yourself on the mic. Yeah, right? don't yeah. show me right now. Yeah. <laughs>
So again, thank you everybody for listening. This is We Are I, and hopefully we got a little bit of motivation here from Marianne and her six children, not five, and uh, the road that she's traveled in the journey to be able to get here. And thank you for listening to We Are I.